Come on, you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Well, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that we have the privilege to dive into it. I thank you that, that uh, it reveals uh, so much about us and so much about you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would begin to prepare our hearts for what you have to say this morning. I pray that you would open us up in such a way that we would be honest to you. God, I ask that you would... Uh, change us, that you would transform us, that you would, you would do uh, something in us in such a way that as we leave, Lord, we would be different because of what you've done, what you've said uh, through your word and, and our open hearts and how we respond to what you have to say. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this privilege of reading your word. Uh, there's I don't think there's a greater privilege. Pray that you would speak to us this morning. Again, uh, have your way. Lord Jesus, uh, also lift up our valley. I pray that you would transform it, that you would uh, share your love and your grace and your mercy to our valley through us. <laughs> Thank you for that great privilege and the ability to claim your name. Have your way in us and through us. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, could you please turn to John uh, chapter 11? So I just want to kind of talk about what's happening here. So as we lead up to this, uh, the crowds are growing like crazy. People are following Jesus and uh, he's leading into uh, the, the cross. Oh, I just spit there. That was awesome. Uh, the cross and the resurrection. Uh, and so, in uh, leading into this, what did I say, John? I should, I should go there too. Wouldn't that be funner? Uh, <laughs> I love that word. More fun. Uh, John chapter 11. So, uh, leading into this and... Uh, Preaching and teaching, he gets word that the, his friend Lazarus is sick. And, uh, and you know, so they, he keeps on waiting. And verse 16. Actually, let's do 12. 12. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, so he's talking about Lazarus, he will recover now, Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Verse 16. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. Now, we read that, and let's also go, we may die with him. Last time he was there, uh, they tried to stone him. They tried to kill Jesus. Uh, and so Lazarus, or excuse me, uh, so they're going, Jesus wants them to go to Lazarus, and Thomas speaks up. He says, oh, okay, great. 
let's all go and die, right? I mean, so, so he's objecting to what Jesus wanted to do, and he's doing this kind of, um, I don't know, do you know anybody like this? Oh, great, let's go. We're, this is going to be awesome. And be, do you know anybody like that? Do you? Okay, me neither. Uh, <laughs> Now skip to 24. So, so we're, we're looking at this, and we see, we see uh, this instance, and, and this guy named Thomas is going, okay, yeah, let's all go and die. And so they all end up going. Lazarus, he's dead. And been dead for a number of days, right? And, and before, before he, before, so in the scene, Jesus comes in, Lazarus told Lazarus is dead, and then he, Jesus makes this statement. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, right? This really bold statement. I'm the resurrection and the life. Great, great, great. We know that. We know, great G- Jesus, you're awesome, right? We know that you're really great and all this stuff. And then from that moment, it leads into the next moment. And the next moment is this, is Jesus has them uh, open the tomb. And they're like, no, 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 no. The stench of death is on him. He's dead. There's rotting flesh. It's going to stink. It's going to be so gross. And so what happens is they open the tomb, and Jesus raises them from the dead, right? So this, this is how uh, Jesus answers Thomas' statement about, hey, we're going to die. And Jesus uh, proclaims that he is the resurrection and the life. And so we see this, and we see all these mighty events, and this is right before the Passover. This is right before him uh, leading into Jerusalem. And so all these people, they're gathering around Jesus going, wow, this guy's amazing. He's done all these great things. He rose this guy for Lazarus from the dead. Look at him. He rose him from the dead. And then all these amazing things happen, right? And all of this, they lead into Jerusalem. Jesus uh, again, is declared innocent by six different courts, right? Six times declared innocent. And then he's hung on a cross. And then he raises from the grave. And after he raises from the grave, you know what's so amazing? Is that he went and he encountered his disciples. And he didn't just like encounter but he encountered me he ate with them he talked with them he exchanged life with them he he went with them and and engaged all these disciples and so when we look at the book of john we see all these miraculous events that jesus did that pointed out who he was and to demonstrate people you can believe in jesus because not not only does he say that he's this but he demonstrates it Right? Not only did he say he was the resurrection of the life, but he, he rose this guy from the dead, demonstrating who he was. And so all these people were following. Then Jesus is on the cross and everybody leaves. Everybody scatters, right? And Jesus raises from the grave and then he encounters each and every disciple in such a real way. So I was, I was wondering this week, like, so he encountered uh, Peter and John and all, all the other disciples, Mary, uh, 
encountered them personally. He encountered each one of them personally. I was trying to think of an event where, where he didn't encounter one of the disciples. And over again, we read throughout Scripture is that, is that not, only, not only did he say he was all these things, but they got to firsthand witness this. They got to see that he is that a secret magic curtain? They'll come out and they'll be cut in half. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just made that up. Uh, uh, the nursery's behind that door. Uh, so, so they encountered him in all these very real ways, right? And so now flip your Bible to John chapter 20. And uh, verse 24. So, so Thomas, he's one of the disciples. Verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But So let me just stop right there. So the other disciples told him right and so we read this we go okay so they told him you know hey rick i i, I saw jesus right i i i ate with jesus and he's, that's great right so that's what we read that just that one occasion but it was like hey ryan i saw jesus i encountered jesus and then rick goes hey ryan i saw jesus i encountered jesus ryan i I saw Jesus. We ate together. Ryan, we ate together. We, we hung out together. J Jesus and me. Oh, yeah, 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 right? Jesus and me. And then you see this scripture, right, with Thomas. So the other disciples told him. When we read that, the other disciples told him. It wasn't just one occasion. It was over and over and over again, right? Oh, that's great. Good for you, buddy. Way to go, right? That idea. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and the place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Wow. Right? So he has all these people around him saying, hey, you got to get with this, Thomas. We saw Jesus. You can encounter him too. And then he makes this statement, unless, unless I see him, unless I put my uh, hands where his nails are, unless I put my hand where his side is, unless I, let, let's just stop for a minute. I'm going to stop. Will you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus, um, thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you have to say this morning. I pray that you just bring clarity to my mind. Lord Jesus, that um, you would help us focus, that you help me focus. And God, whatever you want to say, 
may it be said. Interrupt my heart, interrupt this place with you, with your presence, with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see Thomas, and he's in the middle of all that is he's facing. And he makes this statement. Have you ever made a statement like this? Unless this happens, I will never. When I read this uh, a couple weeks ago for the, in preparation for today, I, um, I was struck. I was struck by Thomas and how he must have felt so hurt. Right? I mean, so if you make a statement like this, so I just picture, well, I spend all this time with this person, right? I'll take somebody that I spend a lot of time with. <laughs> yeah, buddy. This is the proof that I am married. Okay. Uh, right? And so this person that I spend all this time with, so... So Jesus and his disciples were spending time with each other 24-7, right? So Thomas is there. He's seeing Jesus do all these things. And not only is Thomas there, but Thomas has a voice, right? So when we see, read that earlier scripture, he said, okay, let's all go die. That's a voice. And so now here we are in this, and he says, unless I see this, Unless I see this, unless I, I touch this, I will never, I will not. Those are the statements that he made. When I read that, I look at it and I go, wow, he must be hurting. He must have hurt so bad because all his homies, right? So all his homies came up to him and saying, we saw him, we encountered him. And these were all people that he spent time with. Right? These are people that he loved and cared for. These were his closest, beyond friends. They were like family. When you spend 24 hours, seven days a week with someone for three years, uh, you've gone a little deeper than just friends, don't you think? And here we see Thomas and he says, I will never, and unless this happens, I will never, right? So when I see it, I think of this like this stark relationship thing, right? So you let me down. She didn't let me down. This is just an illustration. She says, my girl, she didn't let me down. You let me down. I put my hopes in you. I, 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 I loved and cared for you, and you betrayed me. Or... I feel betrayed. When I read those statements, that's usually tied along this, right? And, and I will not change that unless this happens. Unless you do this. I will never do this, right? So when we look at this idea of Thomas, we have to look at it from a perspective that his heart hurts and that he feels let down. 
that he feels like he put his, all of his hope in this person. And, and even though everybody else is seeing all these great miraculous things from him, I'm just done. I'm not going to put myself in that position again. Thomas. I, I just, it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder uh, if you and I have done the same thing. We made, made decisions because we put Jesus on this, uh, we, we put certain things on Jesus that we think ought to be there, right? Certain things on God, right? Unless God does this, unless God does this, I'm never going to do this, right? And sometimes we do it unknowingly, right? Like, I, Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, that, that if she says yes when I ask her to be my girlfriend, oh, I promise that I'll trust you with all my life, or I'll give you this, or I'll do this, or whatever, right? We do those, those kind of things. And Thomas seems to me to be in that same position. That he's extremely hurt, and he's done. And I wonder how many of us, if we were honest to God, we put ourselves in that same position. I've been through this, I've been through this, I've been through this, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've faced this, and I'm not going to believe again unless. Have you been there? You can have a seat, babe. Thank you. Super awkward, huh? You want to finish? And so we look at this idea and we see Lazarus and he says, unless this, I will never believe. And this idea of never believe, it's I refuse to believe and I will not believe. So my question again, has you, have you been harmed or hurt in such a way by either God or his people where have you made the same decisions or declarations? Have you put certain expectations on, on what you think God ought to do and you made the statement, unless he does this, I will never or I will not do this? Have you? Thomas was in the same position. Verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I think this is one of the most beautiful statements that Jesus makes. Jesus, again, over and over again, throughout history and throughout Scripture, we see that Jesus did the supernatural. And here's a supernatural moment. He shows up, he's in the room, and he says, Peace be with you. You know, what's interesting about that statement is in Scripture, he said this to the disciples earlier. And that statement is not only peace be with you, but listen, it's peace is here. 
Over and over again, we see that Jesus is called the prince of That means he's the owner of it. That means he's in charge of it. That means he's the ruler of it. And in the midst of everything that they're facing, and eight days later, eight days, could you imagine what those eight days were like? These guys keep telling me and keep saying things to me. Ah, okay, I'll keep going. Oh, okay, whatever. And here the eight days finish. Then he said to Thomas, Wow. Place, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. This to me is, is amazing. See, wherever Thomas was and whatever he was feeling, whatever he experienced, whatever he was expressing, and whatever way that he was expressing, he said, unless this happens, what's your unless? Unless this happens, what is your unless? I will never follow Jesus. I will never put my trust in him. I will never do this. What's your unless, and I will never and here we are, and we have Thomas, and he had an unless, and he had, I will never. And he's standing in front of Jesus, and Jesus is, is standing in front of him and says, peace be with you. I'm here. Peace is here. So Thomas, whatever you face, whatever you've been going through, I, I know it. I've heard you. I've heard you all along. I know what you're facing. I know what you're going through. And here, Thomas, peace is here. And peace is for you. Thomas, I heard your unless. I heard you. I will never. But please know, Thomas, I am here. I am with you always. And so Thomas is standing there, and Jesus says, okay, I heard what you said. Put your hand in my scars. Put your hand in my womb. Go ahead, touch and see that I'm real. Go ahead, encounter me. Go ahead and engage me. Whatever you face, whatever you're going through, I will, I will encounter your unless and change you exactly where you're at. I'll change your never. And so Jesus engages Thomas, and Thomas responds to Jesus. Verse 28. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God! That statement is so powerful. Let me tell you why that statement is powerful. Look at it. It says, my Lord and my God. Lord means one who rules over me. God is the one I worship. 
And so what's so amazing about that little phrase is it changes everything. Lord, the one who is over me. What that means is, is that Thomas all of a sudden was like, I surrender. I acknowledge all that you know everything. You're in charge of me, right? You're my Lord. So my life will be lived differently because you're in charge. You're the one over me, right? My life will be different because you're the one that I worship. My Lord and my God. And look, look at that phrase. He's not saying your Lord and your God to all the disciples. He's not just saying Jesus, right? But there is power in his name, right? He's not just, he's not just throwing out anything. He, he's not, he's saying my Lord, my God. So not only is he saying that you're in charge and you're control over me, but you're the one that I worship, and not only that, but you're mine. You're my savior. You're my God. You're my king. You're my all in all. You're my hope. You're my everything. And he's standing before Jesus himself. And he goes from this moment that I think many of us have been, unless and never, to my Lord and my God. Let me ask you this. What's your unless? What's your never? See, see that moment for Thomas brought him peace with God. Brought him healing and hope. That moment with Jesus overcame all those unless and nevers. And we, sometimes we look at stuff like that and we go, oh, that was for yesterday. But can I tell you this? That I see this all the time. People that had unless and nevers turn from my God or my Lord and my God All because of an encounter. And what, how far is an encounter? <laughs> it's one breath away. For me say this before, but that the Lord's Prayer, our, our Father who art in heaven, opens up with a powerful statement that we just kind of gloss over because it's ritual. Our Father who art in heaven, Uranos, is heaven. Uranos means, means not only the entire universe, but it also means the air that I breathe. So when we see this, we see, okay, so how far away from me being unless and never to my God, my Lord, and my God Uranus. Breath is deeply intimate, also very big. 
isn't it? There's this verse that I stumbled across this week that I just keep marveling at. It's so amazing. And it's in a book called Zephaniah. Zephaniah is like three chapters long. Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah is interesting because let me set the scene. Uh, Josiah, the boy king, he's an eight-year-old king, comes into power, right? And, And he starts restoring worship to God. And the people of Israel were, were worshiping pagan gods and idols and all these other things. And so Zephaniah is not only uh, calling people to repentance and judgment, but, but it, it, it ties it into Zephaniah chapter 3. It's super, it's before Haggai. Jeff, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. And he will extol, exult over you with loud singing. Let's start with the first part. The Lord, your God. Again, it's a personal statement. Same statement that Thomas makes. The Lord My God, my Lord, my God. And see, Thomas went from a lesson never to this. The Lord, my God, is in your midst. Now, midst, uh, midst is a statement we, 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 again, would pass by. But midst, when we look deeper, it means in the middle of. So he's in the middle of whatever I'm facing. In my midst. A mighty one who will save. That word is El Gabor. It means a warrior who brings salvation and victory. See, all of a sudden, Thomas went from unless and never to encountering God in his midst who is a warrior who brings salvation and victory. What does that mean? That means that Thomas doesn't have to fight the battle, that God's got it, and he brings salvation and victory. He, he, he helps us overcome. He enables us to overcome in the middle of whatever we're facing, whatever we're experiencing. He brings salvation and victory. Because of his power, we can overcome through his power. That one word means that much. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you in gladness, with gladness. Uh, that's not, that's not uh, really complicated to describe. He'll rejoice over you with gladness. So Thomas went from unless and never feeling like a failure, feeling hurt and broken, feeling betrayed to stepping into this. A mighty one who will save, and he will rejoice over you with gladness. Very, the God's very happy, and he takes delight in Thomas. 
he will quiet you by his love. He will quiet you by his love. Have you ever been in a situation or faced something like Thomas where everything's confusing and it seems like all the chatter of everyday life is just unavoidable and it's just chattering, 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 chattering. And it says that he will quiet you with his love. Isn't that amazing? Quiet you with his love. That he'll give us new life with his love. That doesn't speak of a prince of peace. I don't know what does. He will exult over you with loud singing. I, I, uh, at home, <laughs> I sing to my girls all the time. They hate it. <laughs> Mom, my kids, please, Dad, stop singing. I'll sing. I'll sing to my wife. And it's like, oh, again. You know, again, you're so beautiful song, again? And my, my daughter, Rama, she's my four-year-old, and I'll sing this, you're so beautiful to me. And, and she'll finish it. And she'll look up at me with her brown eyes and smile. And then she'll do her thing like this and twirl, right? And I'll sing all these songs. And when I sing them, it's because I love them so much. And, be, <laughs> and I don't do anything quietly. <laughs> I don't know if you figured this out, right? But, uh, uh, but it's loud, and I'll sing really loud, and everybody will hear it. And we've got uh, two parrots. We've got an umbrella cockatoo and uh, a macaw. The umbrella cockatoo, when I sing, she starts to sing as well. And she has the same voice as I do. <laughs> which is more annoying than beautiful but it's sweet right and she'll start singing and, and and this 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 is what it's picturing that god sings over us with loud singing it's like a groom over his bride joyful and celebrating and so thomas went from unless and never to my Lord and my God. When he stepped into my Lord and my God, he got the Lord, is, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. You see, that's where God wants us. That's, that's what he wants for us. And I wonder uh, how many times we put up the unless and never and avoid Zephaniah 3.17. A mighty one who saves One who's in our midst who rejoices over us with gladness. 
He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So the question this morning, what's your unless? What's your never? Would you take a moment to respond to God? Whatever it is, whether it's hurt or frustration, whether it's disappointment or shame, and when you, when you step across that line, you step across that line, you make a very bold statement. And the bold statement is, my Lord and my God. My Lord means that he rules over me. My God is that he, I worship him with all that I am, all that I say, all that I do, how I live, everything is worship unto him. And when we cross over, when we ask him to be Lord, when we ask him to be our God, he handles our battles. He's in our midst. He rejoices over us with gladness. He'll quiet you with his love. And he will exult over you with loud singing. God is so mighty. He's so gracious. And he loves you so deeply. that he willingly gave himself, his son, for you and I. So what's your unless and never? Would you just take a moment to bow your head with me? Lord Jesus, actually, hold on. What's your unless and never? Do you have it in your head? I want you to picture it first. Lord Jesus, in this moment, I pray that you would show up in that unless and never. In such a way that it's unmistakably you. Maybe you're here this morning, and you say, you know what? I'm standing in a lesson never, and I want to stand in my Lord, my God. I want to choose Jesus to be the leader and Lord of my life. If that's you, would you just take a moment to raise your hand? I just want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. 
Lord Jesus. We trust you with our lives. We put our hope in you. Be our Lord and our God. Be in charge of us and the one we worship. Lord, pray for everybody that's here this morning that is encountering disappointment or fear or hurt or hopelessness, anger, resentment, bitterness. Lord Jesus, give them victory in those battles. Be our Lord and our God. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Lord Jesus, you're so amazing. We love you. We need you. We got to have you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand? Woohoo! I don't know why I want to do that get the wiggles out game, but instead of that, bless you guys, you're dismissed. Uh, <laughs> make